Hi there. This is the Woman Inspired Podcast, and I'm Karen. I host this podcast, and so you're going to hear a whole lot of my voice for the next 20 to 30 minutes, but I hope you enjoy it. I am thankful to have this podcast and this ministry that got put on my heart. If you'd like to know more about it, you can go to womaninspired.com. There's all the details out there, social media links, how you can get a hold of me if you'd like me to be a guest on your podcast or at your next conference or retreat. I would love it. All right. Today's podcast episode is titled The Lies We Believe. All right, I start out, start out every podcast with some quotes that I call pod quotes. Nifty, huh? All right, and for those of you who have commented recently and said I should put a book together of all those quotes, I think I'm going to work on that closer towards the end of the year. I'm finishing another book right now, but I'm going to work on that. So look for that headed your way. And I think, I think for those of you who love my comments and the listeners comments and questions podcast episodes the most one of those is coming up soon too all right so here we go pod quote this is quoted from the movie the american president by michael j fox's character rothschild he says when people are thirsty enough they'll crawl through the desert toward a mirage and when they discover there's no water they'll drink the sand I love that quote. I have remembered it ever since I saw that movie. All right. Have you ever bought into something that you read later realized was a lie? A straight up, you know, in your face, someone trying to sway you, scam you, will you talk you into something or make themselves look and feel better kind of a lie. Like, oh, you look so much younger than the last time I met you. Or, or what have you been doing to look so young when you know you've gotten older? Uh, or like this, this one acquaintance I used to have, she cracked me up every single time I saw her. Doesn't matter how long it had been, short time, long time in between, she would say to me, oh my gosh, you look great. You've lost weight, haven't you? I can tell you've lost weight since I saw you last. It didn't matter when or where I saw her at the mall, in church, at a friend's house. That's what she said. Wow, you've lost weight. I could have seen her two days before and she'd gush on like I just hit some miracle diet and shed 15 pounds in two days. I mean, if I'd lost weight as much as she had said I'd lost weight, I would have to be on life support in the hospital. But I quickly learned that she was a schmoozer who loved to compliment people, even if it was a lie. Drove me crazy. It probably made her feel good to make other people feel good. At least that's what she thought she was doing. But you know, making someone feel good with a lie... It's still a lie. I don't think it's good. I don't go for that. That's bad behavior. It's a, it's a bad habit to get into. I mean, I don't want people to come up to me and say, wow, what have you been eating? You packed on the pounds, lady. <laughs> I don't want them to do that. But you don't have to say every little thing that you think either. But when your words come out, they should be truthful. Not empty. Not something said to ingratiate yourself on someone else or to look good or to make yourself feel good. You know, one time this woman saw me at church and she went on and on about how I'd lost weight and how great I looked. And I, and I actually just looked at her and said, I've gained 10 pounds since the last time I saw you, which was the truth. She just sort of looked stunned. Oh, oh, well, you look really good. And then she quickly went away. Maybe she did think I, I looked thinner. Maybe it was because I was wearing clothes that were 
form fitting or, or not as baggy. I don't know what it was, but I just get so cautious about those things. You know, I don't want empty compliments. There are lies though that, oh sure, maybe if someone believed them or if, if they were said with some sincerity instead of a ploy or a tactic in mind that we'd all go, oh well, there, it's a lie. It's okay. It was a little white lie. It didn't hurt anyone. But what about the lies that do hurt us and the ones we take to heart? Shouldn't we be discerning, you know, about any kind of lie so we can sniff it out, speck it out and spot a lie in a sea of 10,000 truths? Because if we get used to believing lies as if they're truth, then we're on a slippery slope. It's a slippery slope in our relationships, with our self-esteem, with our, with reality, with our faith and, and our walk with God, our our responsibilities, all these things are things that lies can hurt. Even what we humans call little lies, like I said, or those little white lies, they still have the propensity to come back up and hurt someone. We have to learn to work hard not to get sucked into thinking that lies are okay because they're all around us. So let's, you know, hey, we're just getting used to them. We are bombarded by them. We are lied to every day in numerous ways. Case in point, the lie that we believe that says one size fits all. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. There should be a disclaimer. One size fits all except those who eat exercise or get pregnant. Now, <laughs> I do see that some labels now say one size fits most. Again, I think that's a blatant lie as well. I guess the word most could be subjective though, because really most could be defined as five out of every hundred, depending on who you are. I don't think so. But what about the lie that says miracle weight loss formula <laughs> or the scientifically proven to cure whatever ailment you have fill in the blank. And what about the little tiny lie that says anti-aging cream? Guess what? You're still going to get older. <laughs> And let's not forget the thinner thighs in 30 days. Oh, here, wait, here's one big, 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 big time lie. How about easy open container? No. One time I couldn't open this food wrapper. It was, it was kibasa, you know, smoked sausage. And it had one of those plastic shrink wrap things around it with a little tab on the top, top that said, new, easy open tab. <sighs> Liars. I couldn't get that sucker open for anything. I tried and tried. I even took a knife and I tried to cut it, but the plastic was really tough. So we had chicken. Anyway, I shall not get started either on all the lies that government officials and politicians tell us or that come at us minute by minute via supposed news anymore or social media. All of this, though, got me to thinking about other lies we believe, like some that I had in my podcast not too long ago. Things like cleanliness is cleanliness is next to godliness. Now, well, I would love to say that it is so. It actually doesn't say that in the Bible anywhere. And I'm not sure what smart-witted snappy mom threw that phrase out there to get her kids to clean their rooms back in biblical times. But kudos to her because that lie has stuck like glue to the halls of religious quotes throughout centuries. But it's still a lie and it's not in the Bible. In fact, I don't recall reading any place in the Bible about the disciples running around cleaning up after themselves or after Jesus. The only place we can refer to anybody being neat and tidy would be Martha. And if you don't know it, Jesus was pretty curt with her on her comments about what she thought was important because she was up working, working and cleaning all the while and getting food prepared. And Mary was sitting at Jesus's feet 
longing to hear more of his wisdom and his truth. So cleanliness might make us feel clean inside, but the only way we become more godly is to be more Christ-like, to be at his feet and to thirst and hunger and, and ready to soak up what nourishes our souls. And that's the word of God. And that is what makes us clean, having our sins washed away from the blood of Jesus. So as innocent sounding as a lie, as a lie might sound to someone, it always plants a seed of doubt and fear inside of us. Are you not sure? Think about it for a minute. What about a young girl going through puberty who tries on clothes that are labeled one size fits all, but they don't fit her? I remember that feeling and thinking, well, then what's wrong with me? I'm not a part of the all. I'm that different from everybody else. There's definitely something wrong with me. Or what about the anxiety-ridden person who thinks that if their house or their car or their office aren't clean all the time, every single day, that they must not be close enough to God? Because after all, cleanliness is next to godliness, right? And if you don't think that people think this way, you're wrong. I'm just telling you that straight up. I've met many people who believe everything that they're told. If you think I'm simplifying it too much, I disagree with you. So society and culture uh, in this day and age has taught us nothing if not how people will believe almost anything. Truth, half-truth, or an out-and-out lie and take it as their label and their mantra or their core values and let it affect them night and day and in all their decision-making from both sides of an argument to both political sides to every religious viewpoint known to man and to woman. The world will throw lies at you and hope they stick. Satan is just waiting for one lie or another that he can throw at us to feed this doubt, this fear, this anger, and, you know, and create violence and self-harm and suicide for generations of people who are ready and willing to believe whatever is fed to them. And I mean, whatever is fed to them. The Bible talks about what we're being fed, and I can't help but believe that it applies to what we feed our eyes and our brains with, right? We're getting junk food. That's what we're getting. We're getting fed junk, loads and loads of visual and intellectual junk. The Bible talks in many places about how when we're younger, we're fed milk because it's easy to digest. But when we grow up and mature, we need solid food. We need meat and manna to survive. In spiritual terms, that means we can't just constantly be fed milk and honey or soft, easy to digest foods like baby food in in order to grow and be sustained. We can't just live on a diet of quotes like cleanliness is next to godliness and bumper sticker theology that says God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. We spiritually and intellectually need more. That's why there is so much in the Bible to study and why people spend their whole life studying it over and over again. They're hungry for it. It is alive. It is the living word for all of us today, for yesterday, and for tomorrow. But the fact is that many people don't care what they're fed as long as they're getting full. They will buy into and digest whatever is put in front of them. Like the quote I read earlier, if people are thirsty enough, even if they're out in the desert and see a mirage, they'll crawl to it. And when they realize there's no water, they'll drink the sand. They just want to have their thirst and their hunger quenched. And when people feel desperate, they will drink in any lie, any form of reality that you give them. 
In Hebrews 5, it talks about this principle and how sometimes when we can't understand or digest what's going on, we have to go back to the basics, simple milk, in order to get it. Frankly, I don't think it was meant as a compliment or a nice suggestion in this scripture, but then again, it was truthful. It's thought that Paul is likely the author of Hebrews, but no matter who wrote it, they understood that sometimes you have to break things down, especially to people who just give up and don't even work to understand anything anymore. Sometimes when people have given themselves over to a diet of junk food, you have to ease them into the vegetables and the fruit. Perhaps Paul here was talking to a group of people who had been fed lies and just didn't care because, hey, at least they were full and no one likes that empty feeling, do we? No one does. Listen to this. We have much to say about this, but it's hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God and his word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. That's in Hebrews 5. So the world is feeding us lies on a daily basis. The world and evil-minded people and Satan they have an agenda. And if they can get us to swallow the small lies, then they aren't far off from us swallowing the big lies. And it's not just lies from the world that we tend to believe. What about the lies we tell ourselves? I think sometimes those lies are more dangerous than most others. You know what I'm talking about? Tell me I'm not alone here. Man, woman, teen, youth, senior, whomever you are. How about the lie that comes out of the mouth when you trip stub your toe, drop something, or you make a mistake. Oh, I'm so stupid. That's a lie. Or the the one that says, if I weren't so ignorant, or I'm not smart enough, or I'm so ugly, or I'm, I'm not good enough. What about those kinds of lies? We say they're just a bad habit and they don't mean anything, but they do. They're things we tell ourselves too often, right? Are they all seeds planted by Satan? Maybe. Or they might be bad experiences from your past that are coming back up, that have, that have planted seeds of doubt and lies in your head. Or maybe they're coming out of your mouth just purely because they're easy words and you've heard other people say them. When you're frustrated, you're down, you're alone, you're fed up, they just come out of your mouth because you're not controlling your thoughts. You're not taking your thoughts captive. They might be what you were told growing up or how others made you feel that you weren't important, that you weren't worth the time or the energy or the thought. Maybe you were rejected or you still are. So those experiences and treatment from other people make you lie to yourself and say things like that. Like, I'm not good enough and no one loves me and no one ever will or no one wants me and no one will ever love me or want me. But listen to me. Calm that voice in your head and the racing heartbeat. Sit a minute. Breathe through it. Pray. Try to take your thoughts captive and listen to me carefully. None of that is true. Those are lies. And you are not alone. You are not unloved. You are not ugly. You are good enough for exactly what God made you for. You are loved. 
You are smart. You are talented, talented and gifted for whatever it is that God made you for. You're made in God's image and God didn't make any junk. He loves you. He wants you. He made you with a purpose to quote many other famous people. Like I said, a second ago, God didn't make no junk. Only I said it grammatically correct, but God didn't make no junk. God's word has something to say about all those lies that the world tells us, the lies that we tell ourselves and the lies that Satan wants us to believe about who we are. We are in a battle for our identity and our identity, our identity is in Christ, but Satan wants to tear us down and make us believe that we're something that we're not. God's word is truth, the real truth. There is no my tr truth, your truth, or his or her truth. There is just the truth. We may all have different backgrounds and experiences and paths, but the truth is the only thing that will combat all those lies and shine the light on the darkness that makes us believe what is not so. God also had something to say about light and dark when it comes to lies. In Isaiah 5.20, it says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. So let me leave you today with this truth. We are responsible for what we know. We cannot unknow what we know. And what I know is that Satan is the author of lies and of fear. And we are responsible for our diet, for whatever we take in, for whatever we read, we see, we listen to, for what we believe and what we grow to be thirsty and hungry for. So I encourage you to be aware. Pray for discernment, for revelation from God, and for him to shine his light so brightly into your life and into our world around us that you can't help but see truth from lie and that light is light and dark is dark. And so if you're parched and you're dying of thirst, don't be fooled by a mirage. Fill yourself up with the word of God so you will not accept anything else that is not quality, solid, good food, wisdom, and tr truth. Don't allow anything to substitute for the word of God and the truth that your spirit actually desires. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the Woman Inspired Podcast. So glad you did. Until next time, I hope that you have a very blessed week.